Unmasking Eve, 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 unmasking Eve. This is Abby. This is Joey. And, and this, this is, is Unmasking Eve. All right, I got Abby with us. She's in a foul mood. <laughs> yep. I had a Monday on a Tuesday today. A Monday. And nothing even happened. On a, nothing <laughs> happened. Oh, man. So it's uh, Tuesday. Or yep. M- what, 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 what do we call that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, My brain, like, literally just is not, it's not on today. <laughs> it's just turned off. <laughs> today? Shut up. <laughs> Mean, 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 mean. Ah, uh, yeah. Where do you think you get it from? You. No, I'm just kidding. My mother. <laughs> I'm serious. I think I have thyroid issues, and this is how she said she was diagnosed with it. She, she I don't know. She won't be talking about this. <laughs> she goes, I was talking to the doctor, and I was like, sometimes I just get so mad at somebody, I just want to like physically hurt them. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, we need to test you for thyroid. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, wow, maybe I need to go get checked out, which I have. They've tested my blood. And they're like, you're fine, girl. I'm like, I'm not fine. There is something wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this is not normal. <laughs> that means it's not physical. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you did get it from me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Oh, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, your Your attitude is better than your mom's, though. I don't know. Sometimes I'm serious. I don't know. I, I think it is. You just get so mad for no reason. Like, I'm. Not, there's no reason I'm mad right now. <laughs> like, I'm just mad. And I was like, I just want to go home after work and lay in my bed and cry. Do you ever get just so mad that you just want to cry? No. Or so stressed out? Girl, what? <laughs> That's me at least once every other day. Every other day. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> this is even when she's not on a period. This is normal. Oh, yeah. On my period? Mm, you do not want to be around me. <laughs> it's like a monster for real. <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. Okay, so what case you got for us today? We'll get, we'll get into the, some serious stuff instead of talking about how much we hate life. Um. Yeah, today uh, is actually going to be our first local case, kind of. It is the story of Molly Miller and Colt Haynes. So I've never heard about this. One of my friends from high school actually recommended this to me. And I, I was surprised I never heard about it because it only happened about 50 miles away from us. Yeah, it was really close, mm-hmm. which was surprising. Yeah. That we hadn't heard about it. Yeah. So um, so you hadn't heard about this before not until you told me about it and we watched a documentary but i'll be honest with you with the way my head is i don't really remember much of what we watched (laughs) so this is kind of the first one where you're not really going to know much about it so i'm kind of telling you the story as well yeah so you're going to get uh so you can reaction out of me maybe yeah so if you need to say anything just i have a couple little prompts in here i'll ask you questions but okay if you need to say anything just jump in are you ready We're going to jump right into it. Yep. All right, let's do this. All right, so Molly Miller, uh, she's a 17-year-old girl from Wilson, Oklahoma, and she is described by everybody as a good kid. She's caring, smart, athletic, and she loved her friends and family. But, you know, with most teenagers, they have a rebellious stage. 
I've never noticed. <laughs> Some are worse than others, though. You know, I think you got the good end of it with me. <laughs> but well, are we talking about freshman year or senior year? My senior year was fine. I know. Exactly. I was a good freshman year. On the other hand, no, I think that was more my sophomore. Was it your sophomore year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I told you, my brain, it doesn't work. That's okay. Well, anyway, so, yeah, this is unfortunately what was, you know, starting to happen with Molly. So, in the late months of 2012, Molly began to have some issues with her family, her parents specifically. They thought she was beginning to run around with the wrong crowd. Well, let me let me ask you something real quick, since we're on that topic. It says that she began having problems with her parents specifically. Yeah. Did you ever have a problem with me specifically? With, with just you? No. No. With both of you? Maybe. <laughs> with just my mom? I think we all know the answer to that one. Well, I wasn't going to ask you. Summer in 2019. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you about that. But now that you bring it up, no, I'm just But kidding. we love well, her, so it's okay. We'll leave that, we'll leave that subject alone. <laughs> and one of us loves her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, being a 17-year-old girl, um, you think to yourself, you think that you know yourself and what's what's best for yourself. Um, you know, I've been there. Um, <laughs> no, that's not... See, I was like that as a kid, too. I mean, thank everybody. I was rebellious. It's like... I felt like I knew everything. My parents don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what I want. They don't know what I need. They need to shut up and stay out of my business. I'm a big girl. I'm 13 or I'm 16. 13. I know what I'm 13 is, you know, 16. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But you were not how Molly was. You weren't a typical 16 year old, though. No, that's what I mean. I, I think I was better than. You were really good. It was 15 to 16. That was the issue. <laughs> <laughs> but it's OK now. But anyway. Yeah. So this is kind of, you know, where Molly Molly was at. So shortly after they began having issues with their Molly's parents, they decided they were going to send her to one of her cousin's houses. And she actually lived about mm, two and a half hours away, maybe. See, I don't understand sending your kid away. That don't make no sense to me. But yeah, I mean, see, I don't have a kid, so I don't know. But apparently Molly and this cousin were like really close and she actually had some kids of her own and they were grown at this point. So they were thinking maybe they could knock some sense into her. Well, like, you know, like, see that. Molly, like, come on, like, it's not just your parents, like, you gotta get it together. Right. You know, like, I agree. Right. Um, but anyway, so this cousin, Paula, she said in an interview, quote, she was real feisty, you know. She just liked to play around. She was kind of a goofball, you know. She was very active in softball, and I really think that she could have been somebody someday with her career, end quote. So Molly actually never ended up going to stay with her cousin. I'm not sure why it wasn't, cl- like, clarified I just have to assume maybe they resolved the issues themselves or maybe they seem to be getting a little bit better. Right. So the last time Paula had actually seen Molly was at a family reunion in May of 2013. She stated that Molly was dealing with a bad case of poison ivy and she had to stay in the house away from the heat most of the time. So fast forwarding a little bit into June of 2013. On June 28th, 2013, Molly got into another pretty serious argument with her mom. So Molly stormed out of the house. What is it with teenage daughters and their moms? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I'm never having kids. (laughs) Especially with how bad my brother was. Just send them to my house. But um, anyway, it's uh, it stated that Molly, she actually went to go stay with one of her friends during this time. And this wasn't a rare occasion. Like, I guess if her and her parents got into a little fight, 
she would go stay with a friend for a couple days, you know, just to like cool off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this time she didn't come back. She there was some speculation that this time she didn't come back because she had actually met a boy whose name is Colt Haynes. So And Colt was twenty one years old. Colt Haynes was a little bit older than Molly. It's really not that big of an age gap, but whenever you're seventeen, you know, it's a little different. Yeah. You're you know, still a minor. But anyway, so Colt Haynes, he was a twenty one year old kid. Well, yeah, not really. No kid, kid. Yeah, from Wilson, Oklahoma, as well. It's mentioned that Molly had an instant crush on him when initially meeting him, and this is why she didn't return to her home because she was spending a lot of time with him. Cole is described by most people as a good guy. No one seems to really have any complaints about his behavior or his character or anything like that. But you know, everybody has their flaws, and for Colt, this was he got caught up with drugs. So he was on and off with drugs. You know, he would find himself sober for a little bit, and then he would, unfortunately, he would relapse. Which is sad. Yeah, it is. Um, And I don't know if I have it in my notes anywhere, but I do remember them saying in one of the podcasts that I listened to that Wilson was actually known, like it was very heavily known. What's the word? Like... Methamphetamine. No, methamphetamine was like... Oh, okay. Methamphetamine? Yeah, that. It was really, like, popular during this time. Yeah. In Wilson, which I don't know anything about that. Oklahoma has a really bad problem with that in general. Oh, does it? Especially back then, before they passed some laws. Oh, I didn't know that. It's gotten a little better, but it's still pretty bad. All right. So, Colt is the reason why many think Molly left her home and never came back. They think maybe she was trying to hide her relationship, but we don't know if they were actually dating in that video, that YouTube video. That girl was like, they're probably just like in the little talking stage. Right. So, we don't know. And it, they just it, met. And go into a lot of detail about that. Yeah. Just other than, you know, maybe they were in a talking stage, but no one really knew. Yeah. So... They think that maybe she was just trying to hide it because, you know, he was older than her, the drug thing, but he also had another baby, or he had a baby with another woman. Right. About 10 months prior. Um, So there has been some speculation that this is why Molly and her parents were having issues back in late 2012 because she'd gotten herself involved with the wrong crowd that may have been involved with drugs. Yeah, so actually here I said drug use, especially the use of meth, was a huge problem in Carter County during this time. So just a week or so after she left her parents' house on July 5th, Molly and Colt and a few other friends were actually seen on camera at the local casino. And it's highly speculated that this was a drug deal going on. But of course, we don't have any confirmation on that. Right. But and then just the next day on July 6th, it's reported that two unknown people picked up Molly and Colt from a friend's house. And then they went to another friend's house together. So I don't know how they got this information. I have to assume that maybe these friends came forward to the police and they just weren't named. Right. They probably just told them, hey, this is what happened. Which in uh, cases like this or criminal cases, a lot of times that is going to be a case where they will talk to a lot of different people and they'll get details. They'll release the details, but not where the details came from. Yeah. So that's probably what happened here. So at this point, we know they've been together for at least the past two days. At least that's what it seems like. But 
Um, so July 7th is when everything started to get a little weird. It's reported that Molly was trying to get her friend Jessica. Jessica's actually the friend who she went to go stay with regularly whenever her parents were fighting. Whenever her and her parents were fighting, I mean. But Jessica declined going to the party. She said she wasn't comfortable with the people and the drug situation that was going to be there. And she had actually tried to convince Molly to stay away from the party as well because it just sounded like a bunch of bad news to her. So she sounds like a good friend. Definitely sounds like a good friend. Yeah, but, you know, Molly knew that Colt was going to be there, and so she went. (laughs) Sounds like the friend had a good head on her shoulders. Yes, I agree. So at this party, there was another young man there whose name is James Con Nip. But he goes by Con, so that's what I'm going to call him. Um, But Con, he's also 21, and he knows both Colt and Molly. And another boy that's 21 quite a few years older than her uh-huh um but so colt and con they don't like each other <laughs> and it's actually stated that when colt would talk about con he would use the word hate he would be like i hate him and you know hate's a very strong word um but there's a reason for this con is actually known to abuse his past partner so the woman that Cole actually has a baby with is con's ex-girlfriend and they dated for three years roughly and it's reported that he was like very physically abusive to her like very bad so this is why colt does not like con because he was abusive to his baby mama so con he's also known around the area but he not in a good way he's known for his hard drug usage abusing women but also he likes to start high-speed car chases with law enforcement for fun (laughs) i've never heard of that before dukes of hazard but okay And I'm like, that's very interesting. But I guess, what else is there to do in a small town? Well, uh, especially small town Oklahoma. Yeah. I I found that part of the story kind of crazy. Yeah, I did too. I was talking. I've never heard of anyone doing that no. fun well, I was, and getting away with it. Yeah, no, I was talking to people at work about it. And one of my co- coworkers knew about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, that's insane. Like, why would somebody, whatever. But, um, he, you know, getting into that, actually, he probably did it because he knew he wouldn't face any consequences for it. Because that's the thing. He yeah. never faced consequences for anything with law enforcement or his family. And we'll get into that in a little bit yeah. on why. That but, part I do remember. Yeah. So, Con lived about 30 minutes away from Molly in Love County. I'm not really sure, like, what town, but Love County. Um, he lived with his grandparents on a big stretch of land that they owned, and it, it's reported differently. But some say that this land was a hundred acres, and some stated that it was a thousand. And this is—I'm just so confused how we don't know because that's a very big difference: a hundred acres and a thousand. Yeah, you'd think somebody would have more information than that, but. Yeah, in, in a podcast, somebody said, you know, maybe, you know, with a big stretch of land, there's probably just like more land around it. So maybe it's owned by other family with the same last name. So they got it confused. And that's where the thousand came from. It could be. So it could be. I don't know. But anyway, so we know that Colt knows Con because of his baby mama. But Molly knows Con because he's it's actually reported that he's or she is distant cousin of the Nips. So she's actually like distantly related to him. But their family, like Molly's family, has nothing to do with Con's family. Really. 
I don't know like what happened there, but um, not know that we can see that Khan's not a very good person. So maybe his whole family's like that. So you must have learned that outside of the documentary. Yeah, I read. I think this is the most stuff that I read and listened to um, out of all the cases. I listened to a whole podcast about it. I think it was a whole podcast. It was like a couple episodes of a podcast and then I read like a, quite a few articles about it, actually. Holly's starting to do hardcore research. Look at yep. you. But anyway, so now that we know who Khan is, let's go back to the party. Um, so sometime during the party, Colt and Molly actually got into a car with Khan. <laughs> and I thought this was weird because, you know, going back to the fact that Colt literally hates him, why would he get in the car with him? Because I know for me, like, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm near somebody that I don't like, especially right. in a small enclosed space like a car with just one other person. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't get that either. I don't think I've ever been in a car with someone that I've absolutely hated. Yeah. Well. Oh, my God. I know what you're going to say. What? Maybe your mom. I wasn't going to say that. Whatever the look on your face never, right now. Never mind. I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. Anyway, uh, um, where was I at? Dang it, Dad. Oh, but anyway, yeah, so we know that we we at least know for sure that Cole and Con both are into drugs. So maybe they were getting in the car to go buy drugs or go use together or something of that sort. So the next thing we know is that about at 10 30 p.m. this night, they all stop at a convenience store to get some beer to take to take back to the party. And then at about 1040, there was a police officer. <laughs> There was a police officer sitting at the parking lot just across from the store they were at. So, you know, all they were doing was buying beer. So everything should have been fine. But if you know Con, it's that he's very immature. And he just can't help himself from causing trouble to have a little bit of fun. And, Whatever that means. <laughs> and you start laughing about it because apparently you think this is funny. <laughs> well, because we're about to find out what his definition of having fun is. <laughs> so are you ready? It's not funny. It's very sad what happens at the end of the story, but I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. None. However. <laughs> so anyway, so Khan sees this police officer and he gets an idea. He's like, hmm, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> or whatever that's supposed to mean. So he pulls up next to the police car with Colt and Molly inside and he starts doing donuts. And, you know, of course, the cop's not going to like this. And then in the podcast, they were also saying, like, he, they were slinging, like, grass and stuff on the cop car. Gravel. Yeah. It was gravel. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not going to like that. So he flips lights on. You know what Con does? He doesn't stop. Nope. He, he runs. He keeps going. So. And ensues the high-speed police chase. Yep. So now Con or Molly... And Colt are all in a high-speed chase with cops. Can you imagine what that 17-year-old kid was thinking? I know. I'm like, okay, so I feel bad for Colt also, but I mean, he's a big boy. He can handle himself. But a 17-year-old girl? Right. Like, I just can't imagine. So that's why in here I have, I'm just going to stop here for a minute because Molly, she was 17. You know, they were probably scared, her and Colt, because they were probably already both high on drugs under the influence of alcohol like you know they probably don't really fully understand what's going on um and you know colt he has a baby who's about 10 months old at this point 
if they get pulled over and, you know, he's caught, like, on these bad drugs, like, he's done. He's going to jail. Molly, she's 17. She's already having problems with her parents. Like, she doesn't need to dig herself, you know, a deeper hole. Right. But anyway, they're probably, you know, freaking out, paranoid about what was going to happen to them. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. So, because, well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Go ahead. Okay. So, now that we know that Con is a douche, <laughs> is that a bad <laughs> word? Can I say that word? <laughs> Well, I have it in here a couple of times because <laughs> it's true. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, We're going to be bleeping Abby a lot today, folks. Um, so I want to mention that the car that he was actually doing all of this in, it wasn't even his car. He borrowed it from his girlfriend. And it was a 2012 Honda Accord. And this is 2013. So this is a pretty new car. So no no respect for other people's property. No, absolutely Or not. other people's lives. No. So, once again, D word. <laughs> so, it's reported that during this chase, they had reached a top speed of 120 miles per hour. Oh, man. And so, eventually, you know, the police, they lost the car near the Nip family property. So, at this point, he had gone from Carter County and crossed county lines over to Love County. You know, so he has Carter County police officers and Love County police officers on his tail. Um, <laughs> so you may be wondering how they lost him. Well, you know, being from Oklahoma, you know, like the back, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but I know here it's really dark on these back roads. They're really windy. If you don't know where you're going, especially, you know, going 120 miles per hour. Yeah. I really feel like you could probably lose somebody very quickly. Yeah. But also whenever they got to his property, he ran over into the fence, ran over the fence to go to his family's property and wrecked the car completely to the point where it, it was just done, like not working anymore. They're stranded. Yeah, he totaled the car. Yes. I think they said in the documentary that it was like $18,000 worth of... Yes, yes, yes. I didn't mean... I didn't put this in here, but yeah, you're right. It was 18... Like, it was totaled yeah. completely. Like, worth nothing. Oh, I didn't have, I don't have this in here, but I just want to say his girlfriend actually tried to report the car as stolen, mm -hmm. but he borrowed it. Like, he she lended it to him. Yeah. So I think she probably did that maybe to get a little bit of money out of it, but I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, I don't either. I've never had a car stolen before. Yeah. So um, during this chase, actually, um, it stated that. You know, this happened pretty frequently. So the cops actually, you know, they were like, fair warning, you know, this is probably Connip in the car. So, you know, we probably know where he's going to go. But anyway, so as we mentioned before, he, Con, he's always getting out of trouble. And you may be wondering why. Well, Con's cousin, Joe Russell, he's actually the sheriff of Love County. So he's actually the one that he called off this chase. So he's like, actually, you know... I don't think we need to go through with this because it could cause a lot of damage and, you know, it'll cost a lot of money. I don't want my officers or my vehicles getting damaged. Yeah, let's let's pause a minute here. Which I understand. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. But I think we all know the reason why he did this because it was a very, like, yeah, what's the word? Frequent occurrence. Like, right. he was always getting caught out of trouble. Always. Right. So, um, so at the end of the chase... um. 
We know that whenever he gets to the property, he drives into the fence, like I said, off-roading, and then the car ended up dying because it endured a lot of damage during this. So then after the car dies, the details become a little hazy because we know that Con, he knows his property because it's his family's property. So he actually tells Molly and Colt, he's like, you know, I'm leaving. Like, peace out. You're on your own. Sorry, not sorry. Figure it out. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, let's just leave these two people who we just drug out here in the middle of nowhere in the dark, the woods. No idea where they are. After a high-speed police chase. And they're probably high on drugs. And they're probably drunk. high. Or, and drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so now Colt and Molly, they're in a sticky situation. They're in the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black outside, a dead car. They have cell phones, but I have to assume... um. It's only getting, like, spotty service. Yeah, poor service. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine. But the only thing I know you've seen about this case is the little thing on YouTube. Can you tell me what you were thinking at this point? If you remember well, what you said. At that point, my understanding was is they had went off the main roadways. Mm-hmm. And kind of probably went on some dirt roads that was on the property. Yeah. And so... Molly and Colt, when the accident happened, and Con just straight up left them. Yeah. And they were stranded. They didn't know how to get back to the main road. And I don't know if, like, they couldn't bring up Google Maps. You know, because, yeah, you're right, because it is 2013. Yeah. That's really not all that long ago. It's really not. Ten years, I mean, though. Ten years, but it's not that long. Yeah. Smartphones were a thing. Yeah. Uh, so You're right, because they did have their cell phones. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, weird things kind of like that we'll get into here in a minute. But we do know that at 12.47 a.m., Molly called 911. But this call only lasted about five seconds, and Molly didn't say anything. So I don't know if she hung up the call or, you know, if the service was dropped, which I have to assume it was probably, like, the service that dropped it. Because, like, why would she call now and want to hang up? But anyway, the operator tried to call back, but nobody answered. And I feel like, you know, usually whenever this happens, like, they dispatch an officer to the pinged location, you know, just to make sure everything's okay. But that didn't happen. Yeah. They didn't do that. Um, but according to an article for True Crime Daily, Molly actually called 911 more than a dozen, co- a dozen times after that. But that's insane. Every call was dropped. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so especially at that point, I feel like somebody should have been just checking to make sure everything was okay, but they didn't. Right. So there are several reports that during the early morning morning hours of July 8th, both Cole and Molly were trying to make contact with several friends and family. Uh, they both let them know the rundown of what happened. You know, there was a car chase with Con. He drove off the road to the woods. The car died and ditched us. Now we have no idea where we are. We can't see the road and we're just lost. But at some point during the night, Colt, he Colt, he actually decided to climb a tree <laughs> and see if he could see the road from there. But whenever he's about 20, 25 feet in the air, the branch breaks. And he fell. And he fell. And he broke his ankle to the point where a bone was sticking out. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, I, I said out loud when we were watching the video, I was like, well, how do they know that? And I was like, well, duh, they had their phones and they were talking to their friends and family. So that's how they know that. Yeah. In case anybody else is stupid like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were talking to their family. And my thing is, they called 911 multiple times. 911 tried to call back. They couldn't get a hold of them. But they never sent anyone out 
the that's chat. what I'm saying. I'm like, because usually if you call 911, even just one time, and you hang up or the call's dropped or whatever, they can't get a hold of you. They, they send somebody. Because they've done this with my grandma Donna before. Yeah. Because my brother used to click her little button thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they would, they did that a lot. So I don't understand. Yeah. Especially after 12 times of calling. Yeah. Yeah, I can get hung my, on that a lot. That whole sheriff's department was... Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know if that was the dispatcher's fault or... There's no telling. The direction of a supervisor. Yeah, because she could have been like, hey, like somebody needs to go check, make sure this is okay. You know, it's at this location. And then maybe the sheriff got hold of this and was like, actually, no. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway. Yeah. So we find out that they had relayed this information to their friends and family. They were telling them everything that was going on. But it's reported that friends had actually driven up and down the back roads just laying on their horn with Cole on the phone. I don't know if you remember them talking about this. You know, yeah, to see if they could hear the horns, but he never heard anything, which I thought was weird because he he gave them a general idea like where they were, unless maybe he got it confused. Maybe I don't I don't know. I thought that was strange. See, I did too. They must not have had a real good idea of where they were at. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, if they had their cell phones and they were able to make spotty connections, and I don't know if Google Maps was a thing back then. I think it was. Surely some sort of navigate, right? I think, 2013? I, I mean, think it was. At that point, we had even iPhone. Even if you're dropping, I think. dropping the signal, if you can get Google Maps up long enough to take a screenshot. Yeah, and to even just see where the nearest road is, like, okay, we need to go this way. Yeah, or tell somebody where it's at. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe they were panicking because he was hurt. Weren't shrinking yeah, because they didn't have water or food. Weren't thinking straight because they were loaded on drugs drugs and alcohol. That is true. Uh, so they may not have even thought about those. People panic. Yeah. So. But another thing that was weird to me was, you know, they were talking to the friends. Why didn't the friends go to the cops? A scene as something else I didn't understand either. I, I didn't think it at first, but then like while writing this, I was like, that's weird. But I mean, we'll probably just never know. But anyway, um, we know that while Colt's friends were out there trying to find them, they had gone to Khan's home to confront him. I'm not really sure, like, what was said or what happened. But, you know, they're probably like, yo, my friend just told me he was with you. You know, he ditched them. Like, where are they at? They told me they're on your property. Like, where are they? Colt denied everything. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're making it up. Blah, blah, blah. So Colt had actually asked to speak to Khan on the phone, but we don't know anything about that conversation because he walked away during the conversation. Right. So the friends didn't hear anything. They get on the phone together. He walked away. They talked and nobody knows what was said. Yep. So one of Colt's friends um, stated to a police officer after all of this took place that on the phone with Colt, um, Colt had told him that he was laying in a creep bed with a broken ankle and he was coughing out blood. Well, that's more than just a broken ankle. Yeah. That's like some serious damage. Yeah. And so despite their best efforts, they weren't able to locate Colt and Molly. So at 9.38 a.m., Molly's phone, it either died or it was shut off. And then Colt's phone either died or shut off at 9.57 a.m. And at first, I didn't think anything of this. But again, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, that's only like, what, 18 minutes apart? I can't do math, so don't quote me. But 
that's very close to each other. You know, I guess it could have been a coincidence. They were on their phones all night. They could have died. But what if they were forced to turn them off? Well, and I kind of wondered the same thing. Yeah. I, I was just really weird because I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm not sure when, but Molly and Cole, they were reported missing to the Wilson police by their families. And so a search for them began. But I can't find anything about what was done in Colt's case. You know, maybe since he was 21, he was adult. We hear this a lot. He's an adult. He has the right to go missing. You know, dad, if I ever go missing, I'm almost 21. If I ever go missing, you better make them look for me because I will never walk away. Well, here's my thing is I won't have to make them because I'll be I'll be looking myself. And I, this is also why I have my 360. Yeah, I know where you're at 24. Like literally, I share my location with a lot of people because I'm like, I'm serious. I told my mom, I was like, I will never go missing on purpose. I will never kill myself. So if somebody kills me and makes it look like a suicide, I didn't kill myself. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm serious. Anyway, so um, anyway, so I saw a few reports that the police tried to crack Molly's case up to a runaway case because, you know, they do that a lot for teenagers as well. Yep. But whenever Molly's family caught wind of, like, what had happened, you know, it's a small town. Word travels very quickly. We know that. So she decided to uh-huh. call the Love County Police and report her missing there as well. And she tells them what she heard, that her daughter was in the car with Colt Con when a high-speed chase occurred. That ended in Love County. But Joe Russell, who, you know, remember, is Con's cousin, told Molly's mother that he's not going to take the missing persons report. Right. Like, it's your problem. She's not from my county. Figure it out. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so. Which to me is, what will they call that, derelict of duty mm -hmm. or something like that? Yeah. Like, that's just straight up not doing his job. Nope. So... Now we have an idea of what that family is like. So they actually found the car on July 22nd. And this is whenever I note that $18,000 worth of damage was done. But I was thinking whenever I was hearing this, you know, if they found the car and they knew that Molly and Colt were left at the car, you think they would find them there or Wrong. near there? But no- nothing was found. There wasn't any blood in the car, no bodies. Yeah. Like, no sign of anything like that yeah see they should have stayed with the car i agree um but we do know that con was interviewed by the police and he denied everything and told them that he doesn't know what they're talking about because of course he doesn't and that they were not with him but so this past july was 10 years since the last time anybody heard from molly miller and cole haynes there's many theories of what could have happened to them and the most of these rumors actually come locally. One rumor is that Colt and Molly were killed in the car accident, but this one's debunked pretty easily because, you know, they were contacting their friends and family afterwards, so we know that didn't happen. And then we also have the records of Molly trying to contact the police. Yeah. But also, whenever the car was found, there was no blood, no bodies. And then another theory is that the two of them decided to run away together. But I feel like this is also debunked because of how hard they were trying to contact people to come and help them. Yeah. Now, it's definitely not off the record. It could have happened. But why would they try that hard to get somebody to come help them and rescue them whenever they know if they, what they're doing? Yeah. If they're going to leave. Right. But also, they had no money, no car, and Colt had also broken his ankle if they were being truthful about that. Right. So that, that, that just makes sense. I mean, if they're wanting to disappear, 
I guess a good way to do it. Perfect way to do it. It would have worked. That is true. Because I mean, it did. it did if that's what happened. Yeah. But there's a tip that came in a few weeks after the incident that Molly was being held hostage and that she was tied to a tree off of Hollow Road where the chase is said to have ended. But this tip had obviously led to a lot of emotional turmoil on her family. But if this tip was accurate, where it was Colt, you know? Right. So I don't think anything came of that, obviously. But there's also a theory that they were killed, possibly by Khan. But there are some other people that have been named, but I didn't see their names anywhere. So I don't know who... But various people, but my theory is Khan. So the reason that they were killed is unknown, but where their bodies are located is also unknown. So after hearing all of this, like, do you have any theories of your own that you think could be possible? Honestly, I think everything happened as reported up until their phones got turned off. Regardless if those died or they were forced to turn them off, I think they probably died because there was a good 15 minutes in between the times they were turned off. Mm-hmm. I think if they would have been forced to turn them off, they would have been shut off at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think they probably died. But then I do think that Khan came back around and found them. And, you know what? And Yeah, no, that's a good theory. And with her being a 17-year-old... You know, she may have made threats of, you know, you basically kidnapped me against my will. You left me and Colt out here. If he was bleeding, coughing up blood, he may have broke ribs, punctured his lung. He definitely probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble for that. And he may have died from injuries. Yeah. And she was there freaking out. And Khan may have killed her to uh, cover it up. Yeah, and I think there's another theory that maybe like some type of animal got them, possibly like hogs or something. Hogs or bobcat. Yeah, because those are really prevalent around in Oklahoma. Yes, that's Especially out in the sticks. Yeah. (laughs) The sticks. So since 2013, Molly's cousin Paula has never given up on looking for her. She states in an interview for this case, well, as time goes on, it's like it becomes more surreal. As time goes on, it gets harder. And, you know, I'm tired. I'm so tired. End quote. That's so sad. That's sad. It, was, it makes me tear up a little bit. Like, as I was writing this, I was like, I just I just can't imagine. Like, I just can't. But in 2014, Khan was actually arrested and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison for the chase. But he wasn't charged um, in relation to the disappearance of Molly and Colt. Which makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I just want—I just want you to guess because um, he didn't serve his full sentence. Surprise, surprise. So I just want you to guess on how long he served. It was ten years he was supposed to. I'll say six years. He was released with supervision just after four years. So he served four years and he was released under supervision. Oh, so he only served 40% of his sentence. Mm-hmm. I was thinking 60%. Yeah. So his supervised release comes with a lot of requirements, at least. But um, if you want to go ahead and read them for us, if you can. I don't know where we're at, so go ahead. Okay. Um, with the requirements of staying completely sober, not committing any crimes, and he cannot own a gun. So it must have been a felony. Yeah, I believe so. 
But at least he did get that. His cousin, Sheriff Russell, also hit a downfall in 2016, and it actually became national news. So I don't know if you heard anything about this, but it was on a federal level. It was released that he was allowing his son to sell meth from the home that they had shared whenever he was serving as sheriff in Love County. Right. That's bad. (laughs) That's very bad. Yeah. As a sheriff. So the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation actually became involved in this case in 2014. And the new Love County Sheriff, Andy Cumberledge, stated that, quote, it's going to take a few tips or leads to solve this case. We do still work continuously with the OSBI investigators. We receive tips all the time and we do follow up every time we receive a tip and we plan to continue doing that moving forward, end quote. So at least the new sheriff seems like he cares at least a little bit. Right. Maybe he'll do something. Um, or maybe somebody will, you know, come forward. But in 2021, a district court denied a search warrant for the NIP property in Love County in relation to the case. And this frustrates me because, you know, of the rumors of Khan having something to do with it are true. Evidence may be found on that property. Yeah. But um, Molly Miller was actually legally declared deceased in January of 2021. But this does not mean that her family still isn't looking for answers as to what happened to her. Right. And and I'm just going to know because people are probably wondering, we talk more about Molly because Molly's parents and family has been more like involved in this. We don't know a lot about Colt and what his family is thinking or doing. Yeah, there wasn't made much about it. Yeah. From his perspective. So Molly's cousin, Paula, made a statement, quote, it's been nine years and people have grown up. People have gone on to have families of their own. Some of these people have gotten Jesus in their life. And I think it's just going to be a matter of somebody having a conscience, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is definitely one of those cases where everybody knows who's responsible. They just can't prove. But you can't prove it. And it's so, well, I say they can't prove it, but I do think that they could, you know, for once the search warrant on this property, I feel like could maybe lead to something. Yeah. Maybe not, but it's worth a shot. But I know. I don't know. And, and. We watched another documentary, sort of. I watched these people called uh, Adventures with Purpose, and they went out with uh, cadaver dogs. Yeah, I did. And they were searching around a pond area where there was a lead uh, because they had found her shirt. Was it her shirt? I believe yeah, I was her shirt. I tried to like I googled about this because that's the only thing I saw. That's why I didn't put it in here because that's the only thing I saw about it was that YouTube video because I googled a little bit and I didn't see anything about cadaver dogs or anything. Right. So, but yeah, supposedly they found her shirt. So then they brought cadaver dogs and he hit on it, but then it ended up being nothing. They didn't yeah. get up and there wasn't anything they there. They couldn't find anything. And it was only that one dog hitting on that one spot. The other one wasn't hitting on it. Yeah. So and adventures with purpose, they've done uh, several cases in Oklahoma. Oh, have they? I'd like to shout them out because they do some great work. I've watched a lot of their episodes. They have found a lot of missing people, especially if they've gone missing in water, and cases that go back even up to fifty years. Oh, is it kind of like one of those things where they like get they work to get cars and stuff out of water? Yeah, stuff like that. I've seen stuff like that on TikTok. It's so scary. Yeah. So we'll list them in the show notes, yeah. too, for their YouTube channel, because they're some great people. Out of all the cases we've done so far, this one bothers me the most. Really? Yes. I think the Tiffany one does me, still. 
Really? Yeah. This one bothers me the most because to me, I feel like the person that caused it is known. Yeah. And and they're walking free. And they're walking free. Yeah. And no one's done anything about it. That is. And that just angers me to my core. Yeah. Angers me so much. Me too. So Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're fine. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Molly Miller and Colt Haynes, there is a $45,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. You can make an anonymous tip by calling the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations at 1-800-522-8017, or you can submit a tip online by visiting osbi.ok.gov. This episode of Unmasking Evil was researched and written by me, Abby. If you would like to see any photos from this case, you can visit our Facebook page, which we will link to in our show notes. Be sure to follow us and share with your friends, and we will be back in two weeks with another episode. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can visit us at unmaskingevil.com or email us, unmaskingevilpodcast at gmail.com.